My agent called, he said he got some interest in my script I'm glad I didn't tell him that I never finished it I got my cast of characters and outline for the plot I even got a famous classic case of writer's block Get it out of my head 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 Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Get it out of your head And onto the page Welcome to On the Page. This is the podcast that answers all of your questions about the craft and business of screenwriting. My name is Pilar Alessandra, and I'm the instructor and script consultant here at On the Page. And joining me as podcast producer is Nick Alexi. Hello, Nick. Hola. Welcome hola. Back. Hello. <laughs> do you know more than hola? I do. My, my madre is uh, Boliviana. She's Bolivian. Oh. And uh, I kind of grew up whenever family, friends, and you know, family would come over. I would hear Spanish all the time. So, hablo un poco, and entiendo más que puedo hablar, pero, you know, a little bit. Wow, impressive, and a little hot. A little just, hot. Oh, just a little bit. Right, there you go. And um, my friend and I were going to Colombia, actually, in um, December for the break. Really? Yeah, we're going to go to Bogota, yeah, we're going to Santa Marta, and everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Nowhere, nowhere near the FARC, so don't worry, people, but um, it's going to be fun. Oh, how yeah. Oh my goodness. And how how long are you going to be there for? 10, 12 days. Oh, sweet. Yeah, we were hanging out with uh, we were hanging out in Santa Monica, my friends and my girlfriend and my friend blurts out to me, "Nick, I'm excited about Colombia." And Kathy, my girlfriend, turns to me, "You never told me about Colombia." <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, great. Oh, here we go. There you go. I baked you another cake. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, that went over well. <laughs> Well, find out if they need any screenwriting classes. Yeah, okay. Because uh, I would, I would like to go. Cocaine, maybe screenwriting. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that can help. <laughs> I, I wouldn't know, of course. Um, we're gonna move on, and we're going we to uh, thank some uh, people who donated to the podcast oh, cool. right away. Thank you to John Hewson. He donated twenty five dollars. Thank you very much to Wayne Hazel or Hazel. He donated twenty five dollars as well. Um, I haven't mentioned it in a while, but we do have a donation page. All you have to do is you go to onthepage.tv, go down to the podcast, click on the main page, and there should be a little donation but button. It pays for our producers fees. Um, so you would be paying Nick. So thank so you. thank you very much, John and Wayne, for for uh, paying Thank you, Nick. John and Wayne. <laughs> um, we don't have a guest today. We were going to have a guest, but that guest bailed. Oh. A guest bailed. So uh, we're going to talk uh, about doing an activity pass on your script. Okay. I teach a rewrite class, as you guys know, and every week we do a different kind of rewrite. And one of the rewrite passes that we do is called an activity pass. And the reason I started calling it that was because I would read a lot of scripts and they'd be structured well. Uh, the characters would be deep. You know, dialogue would be fine. And it would be really boring, like really boring. So it occurred to me that one of the passes you might need to do is an activity pass where you make your scenes more eventful and interesting and fun uh, so that a scene is not just a scene, it is an event. So um, a couple of things to think about if you're doing an activity pass are external complications and internal complications, which sounds very academic and full, 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 full. But really what you're talking about 
are everything from those little things that happen to those huge genre things that can happen. So Nick, for example, you know, getting here, do you still drive your bike or? No, I'm a, I've got a car now. You got a car. Yeah, All right. Car. So, so the average ordinary thing that you would have to do to get here, right, is you would probably have to get ready to go, sure. whatever that is, right? Um, get in your car, drive your car, park your car, and set up for the podcast, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it doesn't sound... That's that one, sure. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound really thrilling, but those are the average ordinary things. And sometimes in a movie or a TV show, people just have to do average ordinary things. They're not always saving the world. So if you add a complication, like when you were getting ready, okay, um, what kinds of things were you doing and what kind of complications could we add? Um, I was looking for a sh shirt, but it had a hole in it. Okay. All right. So you got a complication. The shirt has yeah. a hole in it, right? Uh, what else were you doing? I was uh, picking up, I was finding jeans that weren't dirty. Okay. So trying to find jeans that weren't dirty. Okay. So let's make it bigger. All right. You're looking for something to wear even bigger. What's the complication? Um, something to wear bigger. Uh, Maybe there's only women's clothes in the house. You know, maybe, you maybe you're stuck at your girlfriend's. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now we have Nick and drag, right? Um, you're in the car. Okay. And we have those usual complications of, of, Oh, I'm in traffic. Right. That's, that's a complication. Um, there's an accident in the middle of the road. Okay. I can't get around. Uh, I've got to go through an alley. Okay. But it's a sci-fi movie. Okay. So now it's a sci-fi movie and you're, and you're in your car with the complication. Sci-fi movie in my car. Uh, I've got to wait for the uh, hover ships to let me pass. Right, those darn hover yeah. ships. <laughs> so, so now you're parking your car, but it is a crime drama. Okay, crime drama. You're parking your car. What's the complication? They've got to. Uh, a bank is being robbed across the street. Ah, <laughs> and. I'm a suspect. And you're a suspect because, <laughs> because you were in the car on the way. You were parking your car That's here, right. but because you're so close to the bank, now you're for, a suspect. That's what happens. I drive a red happens. car. I drive a red car. Yeah. I'm the guy. Right. That shows you for producing it on the <laughs> yeah. then, then you come in to set up for the podcast, and it is a horror movie. So what's the complication? Pilar is murdered. I'm murdered. Well, that would be horrifying. Not that scary, though. Um... People are dropping dead left and right. Excellent. Excellent. Like, like the guests might drop dead in the middle of the podcast. Exactly. That has been known to happen, actually. Or maybe since it's a horror movie, you know, there's, you know, there's a zombie element to it. Or, I don't know, a uh, horror movie, right? Uh, everything in the studio could come to life and attack us. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to think of some other scary things monsters come to life. <laughs> all the all the characters in the scripts that are exactly, around exactly. here suddenly sort of come to life and, and they're horrifying and they do terrible things, mm -hmm. right? So the, the idea is that the average ordinary things that you do, okay, if you complicate them with genre complications, you've got activity. So if you have a character in your script and they have to simply go to one place or do one thing and you think, well, that's the scene. I'm writing that scene. Well, what's the genre that you're writing in? Especially comedy, romantic comedy. How can, how can you create some kind of comic or romantic turn with every scene that you do? That's why people have come to your movie. It's 
to, to laugh or to cry, to experience some kind of emotion, you want to honor the genre with those external complications. So another kind of activity pass that you can do uh, is, is uh, an internal complication pass that comes out of who your character is. Okay, so now we've got a character, and it's not going to be unique. Okay, it is um, an angry character who is uh, parking his car. Okay, so how does an angry character park a car? No, a complete disregard for everyone around him. Uh, just pulls into the spot, uh, doesn't look in front of him or back, and just maneuvers cutting off people cuts off somebody maneuvers doesn't care doesn't look okay so we've got that character is creating entertainment in his own way by how that character parks his car so his flaw is anger and he's brought that into an everyday activity like parking a car um we've got another character who's also parking their car and and that person's flaw is um that, that person's flaw is perfectionism. How does the perfectionist person park her car? The perfectionist is taking uh, his or her time. Mm-hmm. They're being very meticulous. Uh, they don't uh, want to disrupt anyone. They, they, they wait for people to cross, for kids to walk around, um, for old ladies to, to cross by. Um, and they look both ways. They double check over and over uh, and you might pull. do a perfect three point. What is it? What, what is it with what's the, how many p- points when you're, when you're parking your car? No, I think it's demo? when you're turning around, right? Ah, that's the three point turn. Uh, three point turn. Shows what a good driver I am. No. Don't park with me, <laughs> but you got like this perfectionist yeah. person who's parking their car and following all the rules. You've got an angry person who's parking their car and probably following none of the rules. And now they want the same parking space. So, what you've got now is the entertainment of watching perfectionist person park their car and the entertainment of watching angry person try and park their car. And then you've got this active meat, okay? Not just a cute meat, an active meat of bringing these two characters with their flaws together, wanting the same thing, one parking space. That's a scene, okay? So, so if the idea is, well, my character just has to get from point A to point B, and I don't know, there's some business on screen, and I'll just have him pull up to the place, which you see all the time. Characters like pull up and park, and then we go to the next scene. Well, how can even that be a fun moment? Yeah. So that's where um, internal complications come in. Okay, So we've got external obstacles slash complications, and we've got internal obstacles slash complications, the character often brings complication into a scene with them. And so for the writer who says, well, I don't know, I can't make this scene interesting. Yes, you can. Your character's in the scene. They're interesting. They do things in a certain way. So that's another way to create activity in a scene. Another thing to think about is, it, it you know, You've heard me beat this horse, but I'm going to do it again. And that is imagining your character as a different gender. Um, Female writers do this as much as male writers. When it's a woman in the lead, often that female character thinks, plans, talks her way through a script instead of doing stuff. So the simple fix is, what would a guy do? Okay, Maybe you're doing a disservice to your, your 
your character by not making her active enough, what would a guy do? But there's the same kind of flip that we could do if it was a male character, because male characters usually sort of, you know, they kick ass their way through a script and they don't think or plan or talk. Okay. So asking, you know, what would a female character do to make this a a, a deeper movie, more interesting movie. Just like, just like uh, going back to the parking. What if, uh, what if the angry driver was in a a high powered woman and the perfectionist was kind of a dopey guy, you know? Sure. And you know, you've kind of got a reversal on a couple different levels there and it's new and different and make it funny. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because right. I'm, I'm the person that assigned gender to those, those characters, right? I said, Oh, angry guy and perfectionist woman. Mm-hmm. I naturally did that because that bias came through and then you flipped it. And yeah, now it's a much more interesting scene with apologies to my gender. So, <laughs> so, uh, doing, looking at your characters and if, as if they were another gender, not changing their gender, but what would a man or a woman do um, will also help you create new activity for your characters. Another thing to think about is to create more moments of choice. If you think about a good movie or TV show, it's just a character making new choices over and over again. But those choices don't resonate if we don't see what the other choice was. You know, it makes us wonder, wait, you chose this path over another path? It makes us think, no, 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 you should have done this other thing. Or it makes that other choice kind of come up and pay off later on, right? So creating more moments of choice in your story will actually create more interesting activity on screen rather than just seeing somebody do something and do something else. Mm -hmm. Have that character have to make choices. Uh, another thing to think about is rewriting revelations. Okay. If your turning point hinges on a revelation, like, Oh, this is, this has just been revealed. This is so cool or interesting or new. How does that character get there? If a character simply remembers it, it feels lame, right? Like, Oh, wait a second. I just remembered the answer to the question. Um, so, what you need is to replace that moment with activity. Find something that triggers the memory. Because sometimes people do remember something or they realize something they should have realized right from the beginning. But what we're looking for is the trigger, right? What could be that one moment that triggers somebody to realize, ah. Now, often it's a a payoff um, without giving Silver Linings Playbook away. Well, maybe I will. Um, there's a, there's a payoff in terms of something that he reads, um, that is echoed later on in a line that makes him realize something about the letter that he was reading. So it's there in the letter. And then later on it's echoed with the line. Okay. So, all right, that is a great trigger for him to realize, uh, oh, something's wrong. Right. And that's what we look for. We, we don't necessarily just want somebody to solve the problem. We want to see what triggers them to solve the problem. It could be, like I said, a dropped line. It could be a change in behavior. It could be a clue. Um, and how is that clue earned? That's what I'd be looking for. Um, it could be uh, the breaking of a personal rule. Okay, But it's often a trigger that says, now change will happen. You know, Or that's the thing that creates the light bulb for the character. Um, I would come up with a hundred other 
uh, examples if I had really prepared for this <laughs> podcast. I, I blame it on, on the guests that didn't show up. Um, but I think, I think the thing that you want to do is you want to go to a movie, go to a TV show, or when you're looking at a TV show, and, and when somebody has an answer, you need to rewind for just a second. How did they find the answer? It's often a small moment that opens everything up. That sort of aha. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing to think about for your activity pass is what's the trigger that gets somebody to the revelation? I'm Nick, I'm, I'm waiting for you to come up with a hundred examples. You see me like, 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 come on, Nick. Well, on the Let's see here. Mm. <laughs> I'm thinking of, I'm trying to think of uh, Breaking Bad and um, examples towards the end, the, the final Oh, everything was a payoff. Yeah. That's for sure. I, I, I'm just, they're all clustering together. I want to pick out a really good one. Um, maybe uh, when Jesse discovers the, uh, the whole Lily of the Valley, mm. that, that was... That was great, right? That, that's, that's a great example, right? When... Are you talking about the cigarette packet? Yes. Yes. Okay, so there is this really key trigger for, for Jesse where he finds out something that has been bothering him. He thought that he had lost something that was poisonous. Correct. In, in reaching for a cigarette pack that wasn't there and realizing it had been taken. It dawns on him that it was taken. The uh, first time. Yeah. Yes. Um. And everything come kind of comes into light, uh, and it, it's just a great moment. And that and that basically drives the whole rest of yep. that season. Mm -hmm. Just that one trigger moment. Nick, I knew you could do it for me. Oh, thank, thank you. you so much. Now, can you do it in Spanish? Un día cuando Jesse just no. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so we're gonna move on, um, and that that uh, actually goes hand in hand with finding the payoff scenes. So when you go through your script, wherever you're setting up new information about a character, find the matching scene in which you pay it off. And if there is no matching scene, write one or cut the information entirely. So here you are trying to sort of come up with new ideas or things that are interesting. Well, you already planted all these things in your script that you might not realize. Maybe your character has a favorite song or they're always carrying something around with them or they're always dressed a certain way. You wrote that, okay? Why did you write that? How can that pay off later on in an interesting way that might leave a clue that the person was there? Um, somebody else could echo that line. Uh, there's all kinds of things that could be paid off from what you actually set up. If you go back into that section and you find out that there are no payoffs, you created too busy of a setup. You actually stacked it with too much stuff. So you want to look at the few things that can and do pay off and maybe cut the rest. So sometimes finding interesting activity means also letting go of some messy details mm -hmm. where the activity might fail to come out because it's so buried in all these little little details. Right. So pay them off or Cut them, use them or lose them. And then, um, well, the last one was that create an active meet, which we actually talked about. I'm actually reading off of a little list that I give my um, 
my writers in class for the activity pass. And uh, if you want that handout, please feel free to email me at inquire at onthepage.tv and I will send you the handout. And guess what, Nick? When people have been emailing me, I've been sending them the handout. Oh, well, that's, I, I hope that's what would happen. Did, yeah. In the past... <laughs> It might take a while, might have taken but now house. I'm on it, man. I'm on it. And do know that I will put you on the mailing list. And from time to time, you'll get a little bulletin about classes and things like that. Um, but I don't spam people or I try not to. That's good. It depends on what they define as spam. Yeah. <laughs> of course. That's always good. <laughs> so um, this has been a, uh, oh, 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 you know, how are we on time? We're pretty good. We're at 20 minutes, yeah. something like that. All right. Squeezing a little, uh, little bonus round? No, there might be a little bonus for you right here okay. because, yeah. Oh, should I do this? Okay, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a softie. People are cheering. If we haven't talked about this before, talking about an activity pass would be a good place to talk about it again. And that is fight scenes. Um, I'm going to give you, I'm not going to, oh, maybe I'll send you this template too. Who knows? But anyway, I have a template for fight scenes. It's in my book, The Coffee Break Screenwriter. But part of finding activity and doing an activity pass is sometimes um, honing the activity, sometimes editing it and focusing the activity. Because you might say, well, I've got tons of activity and that's actually your problem. You've got pages and pages of choreography, whereas you needed that choreography to tell a story. So fight scenes are a good example of these kind of scenes that can run on and on. You love every single fight you've, move you've put in, but is it telling a story and are people starting to sort of fade because it's not? So here's a fight scene template and it can also be used for um, uh, for sports scenes too. Um, it could be used for dance scenes. It could be used for cooking scenes. Anything that requires a lot of choreography that's just beat, 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 you need to find the story. So in order to find the story, what I suggest is the emotion before the fight and then the emotion after the fight. The emotion going in is your beginning. Your emotion at the end is, is the, the end of it and helps tell the story of that scene. Along the way, we've got a couple other beats, okay? So we've got the emotion before the fight, the tone of the fight, the method or weaponry, fight move number one, fight move number two, the upper hand, the winning moment, and the emotion after the fight. Okay, so I'll say these one more time. Emotion before the fight, the tone of the fight, the method or weaponry, fight move number one, fight move number two, the upper hand, the winning moment, and the emotion after the fight. Okay, so um, I'm gonna have Nick read example number one. This is a fight scene and it's just using those those eight beats. Go for it. Eyes blazing with fury. David, David attacks and they fight like gladiators in the ring. Fists and teeth bared. A punch to the gut and Dave staggers. But he hurls himself forward and knocks Tom backwards. Tom rises to his feet then surprises Dave with a headbutt that knocks him flat. Tom grins and stares down the crowd, daring anyone else to take him on. Okay, so that's a whole fight 
Okay, it's got emotion going in, emotion going out. It's got the major beats of it, and we know what it looks and feels like just using those eight beats. Turn the page, Nick, to another example. Again, just using those eight beats. Go for it. Fed up, Dave pushes him, and they fight like little girls, kicking and slapping. A poke in the eye, and Dave staggers, but he hurls himself forward and grabs Tom by the hair. Tom kicks him in the shins, and Dave falls to the ground. Tom grins and does a happy dance, daring anyone else to take him on. Okay, so we got two very different fights, still using the same eight beats. The big difference here was tone. The first one was Dave attacks, and they fight like gladiators in the ring. The second one was Dave pushes him, and they fight like little girls. Okay, so when you change the tone gladiators versus little girls, it also changes the method or weaponry. So Dave attacks and they fight like gladiators in the ring, fists and teeth bared, much different from Dave pushes him and they fight like little girls, kicking and slapping. Okay. So what you need to do if it's a battle scene, a sports scene, love scene even, is what is the simile in this case? Fight like, make love like, uh, you know, a battle and do a metaphor, okay? And in that case, we get the tone of it, and then, of course, the method and weaponry follow, which means that the fight moves follow, okay? And then, of course, you already knew going in who was going to win, okay? So you knew the emotion going in and the emotion going out. But it'll definitely change your fight to just change the tone. So those are eight beats that you can think about using to actually edit your fight scenes and make the activity come alive because a story is being told. Okay. So I hope... If I can just quickly yeah. throw in, because I love to read action scripts and thriller scripts, and I, and I love uh, reading the specs that sell. And I would, I would uh, suggest to people who, you know, who like writing in this genre in this area to, to read specs that sell you know, all the time and just kind of have that in there in their head, um, scripts by uh, John Swetnam, David Guggenheim, uh, Derek Haas, Tony Gilroy, um, Carl Ellsworth, just wonderful, I think, great writers who can just make you read down the page. You know, Carl's been on this show. He has, actually, yeah. yeah. Um, and I just, I just love the reading their specs and their, their scripts and their material. It's great. And it, uh, it'll, it's a good... Uh, Good, uh, good way to, to learn how to write action and, and they're very good at doing this. They yeah. usually set a tone mm -hmm. going in. Now, they, they're allowed a little more choreography sure. at this point. And direction, maybe, yeah. Yes, they're, they're so established, and their scripts can go longer. They're, people are expecting really visual fight, car chase Big scenes, all those kind correct. of things. So as a spec writer, you do have to sort of modify. You can't do everything that they do, but you'll get a great sense of the craft behind what they do. Right. Um, and you add that craft plus so, some of your, your story focus and you'll nail it. Those are great writers to bring up. Uh, do you want to, do you want to say them one more time? So that uh, uh, was a good list, man. John, uh, John Swetnam. He's a big spec guy. David Guggenheim, Adam Kozad. He's writing the new uh, Jack, uh, Jack Ryan movie, Carl Ellsworth, uh, Scott Frank, um, David Kep, he's a he's a big writer. I like. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch. That's that's great. You know, every time that you come on the show from now on, 
bring your writer's list. Okay, right. that was right out of your head, and I I would love people to be reading more, and I'd love your recommendations sure. as to what they okay. should read. So you guys have there the whole activity pass in one podcast. I hope that it helps you in some kind of way. If you're interested. In, yeah, both handouts. Just email me, inquire at onthepage.tv. Also, a lot of what we're talking about is in the book, The Coffee Break Screenwriter, which I don't really plug very much, but I should. It's available on Amazon. Bloody blood, bloody blue. Um, Nick, anything that people should know about you? Anywhere that they should uh, follow you? Uh, just on Twitter, uh, at Needs a Boss. Um, I occasionally tweet um, whatever I, I feel is on my mind. Nothing important. Um, no, just uh, going out and inter- interviewing um, uh, for, for development. I'm getting interviews and hoping to land somewhere soon. So we'll see. Hopefully I come back in a month or two and have great big news. Well, I think anybody who ends up with a script in your hands is a really lucky writer. So I am, I am hoping that you get a big development job so you can make great movies. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Pilar. And, uh, and everybody out there, get to work, writings. Eventually, you'll be submitting it to Nick. And instead of he needs a boss, he's going to get you a job. Yeah. Maybe he'll give me a job. Okay. <laughs> uh, so get to it and have a good writing week. Thank you.